All right. Welcome to our next episode of All Mom, No Pros. My name is Rayla. My name is Katie. I see you holding it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. We feel like starting out these episodes like we never know how to really start. So <laughs> we just get kind of like lost in giggling in the beginning. We get goofy. Yeah, we get goofy. Um, so last episode, we talked about um, expectations versus realities, yes. or more so non-expectations that became... <laughs> that became reality. Yeah, that became reality. Things we didn't know we were going to, like, things we didn't know to expect. Exactly. Uh, so I think we covered some good ground there. I think so. Absolutely. Um, today... Um, we're going to get into things a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to talk feelings, feelings, <laughs> emotions. Yes. Yay. Uh, <laughs> it's what every woman wants to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, I feel it's necessary though. Absolutely necessary because I mean, obviously we're going to be talking about our feelings and our emotions, yes. but you know, you also have yours and maybe some of you can relate to some of the things that we're talking about, um, it's not always easy to be able to vent certain things, Agreed. especially when you don't have um, the support around you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in a relationship and um, you don't feel like you have great communication with your partner, you know, like that's a big, that's a big dead stop right there. Yeah. You know, so, um, but if you have like family and friends, um to talk to you about these things. That's awesome. Um, I feel like I have a pretty open family. Um, me and Robin talk about shit all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I, me, my family's not closed off. Mm -hmm. It's just so like, like half the family, like we were raised, like we don't talk about feelings. We don't talk about this. Like don't cry. Crying is a sign of weakness, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the other side is not bad. And I say the other side, I just mean like the other type of people it doesn't go from one side of the family to the other it kind of crosses a little bit but it's more of a i don't want to say judgmental but it's like you know you express something and it's not i hear you it's well this is why it's wrong that you think that right so it they it's trying to be helpful but it's just not what I necessarily need sometimes like sometimes i just need somebody to just hear me and then just exactly. shut the fuck up exactly like and I don't mean that in a bad way. I love my family. We're not always trying to get advice. I don't need I don't need somebody to solve the problem. Sometimes I just need to say it out loud so it will exit my head yeah. and I can stop thinking about it. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, they can be. Mm -hmm. Like if I start the conversation off with, hey, this is what I need from you. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it just doesn't always start that way. So. Right. Um, but I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, I have you, so. But, you know, I don't want to bother you. Like that's that's what I do. I'm not, I don't like to, I don't like to bother people with my problems because everybody's got their own shit going on. Yes. But also it's almost, and I don't want to use the term selfish. I mean, I'm sure I can look in the thesaurus and see that there's a different, you yes. know, word that would fit that better, but it's almost um, selfish to think that, you know, like, I don't want to be there for you when you are going I, through things yes because that is exactly what i am here for mm -hmm. and you know i would i would hope and expect the same from you you know because oh, well, yeah well see that's the thing you know it has to go two ways it doesn't just go one way katie 
Well, okay. And okay. And I totally agree. Yes. And, but it's like, you know, every, like anytime I've thought to call, it's like, well, I mean, what if she's going to do something with Carrie right now? Or what if, you know, her and her dude are, are out and they're having a great dinner or it's like, I, it's the feeling of imposition more than anything. And it's not because I don't think you would be there because I know you would be there in a heartbeat, but it's, she could be having the best moment of the day. And then here I come. So like, it's that kind of stuff that keeps me because it's, I constantly second guess myself and it kind of goes into, I always put myself last. Right. Um, but, um, <laughs> no, so <laughs> no, and you're right. And I, and I, I, okay. So say in, to work on it, say in a scenario that, you know, like me and Gilbert were out and we were having like a really great time and I saw that you were calling me. I mean, obviously I'm going to answer. Yeah. Okay. Um, if it was at a time that I absolutely couldn't, you know, then obviously I wouldn't. Well, yeah. But, um, I would always make it a point to, you know, just be like, Hey, is everything okay? Is this something that, you know, like you want to like, yes, absolutely. Just like, go ahead, dump all over me, you know, like go for it, you know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, like your, your feelings, your frustrations or your, you know, like intense energy is going to impede on mine because Mm -hmm. I know how to keep those things separate. Not everybody does. And a lot of people do take on their, their friends problems as their own, you know, emotionally. And it's very draining. And you have to learn how to differentiate that for yourself. But, I mean, again, if – you already know. I already know. You already know. And I I absolutely do. And it is something I'm trying to work on. I'm working on my negativity, which Mm -hmm. has been high lately, and my my view of myself and everything. Mm -hmm. It's not just like – you know, the normal stuff, like it's just higher than normal. And I'm trying not to bring that with me everywhere I go. Cause I'm typically a, a pretty happy person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like smiling. I like laughing. Like that, there's nothing better than, than laughing. Yeah. I think it, I genuinely think it's the best medicine. And I think it can pull you out of some of your darkest moments. It doesn't make them go away, but if, if, it, if you can come out of it long enough to maybe find some clarity, mm-hmm. I feel that laughter can always get you on that path. Oh, yeah. And, um, so and you always do that. You always, always, always make me laugh. Like you have since the day I fucking met you. Um, so, but it is something I am working on because, but I do have a, an up and down support system at, I will say like, I mean, if push come to shove and like the bottom falls out, I absolutely have a, an, a, an immediate and wonderful support system that would be there for me in a freaking heartbeat. Yeah. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. But on the day-to-day stuff, the I'm having a bad day, not so much. Mm-hmm. Like more more so recently than, let's say, a few years ago. I'm glad you called me on your, your good day the other day and that you wanted to share that with me. It should be just as open. Okay? Yes. Like, yes, I absolutely want to hear that you had an awesome day and <laughs> you just want to spread that juju and I will be there to suck it all up. Okay. But also, if you've had a horrendous day and yeah. you need to let out about it, mm-hmm. you know, don't call me. We're more likely I'm like not doing shit, you know, like, and well, I can always have you in my ear while I'm doing stuff. I will say I don't do a whole lot. So I'm usually very open. I will say another, another thing I have is not so much that I don't want to call you is sometimes I just don't want to talk at all. I get that. And like, I close off like Friday. So Friday was a bad day and it was a bad work day. It wasn't like a bad emotional day, but it was just, it was excuse me, it was draining. Yeah. And like, I got home and I didn't, 
I didn't want to talk to my husband. I didn't want to, I didn't, as much as, much as I hate to say this, I didn't want to talk to my kid. Yeah. I, I wanted to go be alone for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I had not been alone all day long and mm-hmm. I still had to work after I got home. Yeah. And uh, now while I don't work with a lot of people in my office, it's it was phone calls all damn day emails just everybody needed something from katie and it was like yeah you know uh, i was just done so but that's that kind of goes into like our first like our first kind of thing that we were going to talk about like Mm -hmm. like pre-kids we're not as sensitive and now after kids like we kind of are oh yeah and i think i'm a lot more in tune with my emotions and feel i can't set stuff aside like i can't just push that emotion away and it just go away anymore because it just keeps seeming to like just like rear its head again yeah and i feel like um a lot of the times when we're in our in our feelings in our emotions you know like especially with anger you know i feel like <laughs> it's almost like self-righteous anger because it's almost like you want to hold on to that, you yes. know, and it's like you feel entitled to it, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really hard to break out of that mentality because even from like me being a kid, I always had, you know, like uh, anger issues and problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I am very easily brought from zero to a thousand within seconds, you know, and I feel like I have curved a lot of that, which mm-hmm. is good, but um, also I feel like it's still very prevalent in my life, and I feel like that, you know, leeches out on, onto my kids. Yeah. And that makes me feel extremely guilty, like, really bad, I mean, because it's not their fault, it's not yeah. their, you know, hang-ups and their problems, you know, like, it's mine, and I need to be more in control of it. See, I, I agree. So, like, when I was a kid, I, had, I mean, my anger issues were almost comical yeah. to siblings and my parents and stuff because it was so, it was so bad. That is definitely a family trait yeah. on my dad's side. It's it's the ongoing joke. Yeah. Oh, they got that temper. Um, and I even, like, when I was pregnant, I was like, God, I hope she doesn't get my temper. Before I got pregnant, I spent years, even from high school, trying to learn how to control my outburst, my anger, uh, my reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And I felt that like when I got, by the time I got pregnant, I had gotten a pretty good control of it. Like, yes, I had a temper, but I didn't have a just immediate, like quick temper. Yeah. Right. And as times have gone by, it just seems like I'm losing more and more control of my temper and I'm reverting back to that. And exactly like you said, like I'm worried that's coming and I, it's definitely coming out on my husband and it's, I don't like that yeah, because that breaks our communication, which isn't going to make any of our problems better by me losing my temper over little things because I'm mad about something that happened two days ago. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff, because I'm like, no, you can handle it. No, don't get mad. No, don't get mad. And then two days later, oh, my God, two days ago, you know, it's not okay. Yeah. And, but between mm-hmm. it coming out on him and it coming out on her, like, that's definitely, it's like you exactly, it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. It's, she, 
that's just, it's not what I want to see. And it's not the type of behavior that I want her to think is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I have great days where I can really control it. But the biggest problem I have is that me controlling it has turned into pushing it down. Not, I don't have a healthy expression of anger anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a unhealthy, <laughs> yeah, I have an unhealthy push it down, push it down, push it down until it just implodes. And unfortunately, the ones I love the most are the ones that are not, that are not deserving of said outburst because it could have it could be because of something that is completely unrelated to my family life (laughs) like work um so and I feel that sometimes like I just don't know how to do that it's definitely a journey I'm trying to figure out for myself Mm -hmm. um I started seeing you know like holistic chiropractor I started seeing a you know foot reflexologist and she does um Oh, that actually sounds uh, pretty awesome. That's the one I was telling you about. Yeah. That I'm going to get you the the session with her, but um, she just tells you so much about your body just just from your feet, you know, because mm-hmm. just like everything, like literally everything in your body is connected to everything, and you have meridians in your body, and yes, um, they flow through your feet, they flow through your ears, and they flow through your teeth and great go figure right great yeah um (laughs) gotta be the teeth right um but she also um teaches um eft which is emotional freedom technique okay okay um it's also known as tapping Mm -hmm. so i had like seen a little bit of this before but um essentially it's a series of tapping that you do throughout your body um in order to release that situation and release that emotion from your body so it doesn't get pent up and stored somewhere okay so what happens whenever you are experiencing any sort of like emotional trauma Mm. um when it reaches a certain level your body doesn't know how to handle it so it basically stores it in your body in in different places and it's almost like, so the meridians that, that flow from your feet, they're essentially, it's like rivers that are, you know, flowing upwards through your body. Okay. And whenever you experience these situations or traumas, um, it's almost like, um, like a boulder starts forming in one of those, um, in one of those rivers. Mm -hmm. And then it gets so blocked up to the point where it doesn't flow right. And then, you're all over the place. So this is one of those things Guilty. to help release that that buildup of those things and to, you know, disintegrate the boulder to be able to release that path. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, I know that sounds kind of out there, guys. Okay. Oh. But, you know, honestly, when you have done everything that you can within your possible boundaries and limits um, medically as far as, you know, like taking antidepressants because I've been there, done that. Yeah. You know, like I am trying to figure out uh, clearly none of that was working. Yeah. They, it didn't, it didn't help me. It was not working. And you know, honestly, it's only treating the the symptoms and not the cause. Yeah. And that's kind of where, you know, it, if you know the cause, 
then that's what you need to put your effort into, I believe, depending on it. I mean, if, if, if it's just a true full on, just like chemical imbalance, well, absolutely. Right. But if, if it's causing you distress, then if you, if you know the root cause, mm-hmm. you can't treat it. It's, it's like saying, okay, well, you know, I have a big sore on my arm and my fingers are tingly. So I'm just going to work on my fingers and just leave the sore. Right. And that's kind of how I feel like it, it, like it, a lot of people treat it mm-hmm. and like medication's great and all. Yeah, sure. But I mean, it's, I never feel like me. It doesn't matter how little, right. like even like, you know, even down to like pain pills, like I don't feel like me and it doesn't feel like I'm dealing with the problem. Right. It feels like the medication's dealing with the problem. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> but I do, it, it I want to find something like there's gotta be something that can help me because most of my, I have the cause and I'm working on the cause, but the side effects of the emotions I'm not treating either. And so I need to find a way mm-hmm. to cope with it. But I think everybody does, even if it's just being stressed because you, you know, you got a big project at work coming up and there isn't anything you can do about that. So you have to learn how to manage your stress and your emotions that go along with it. Right. And I am, um, I'm the type to bottle everything up, keep my mouth shut, um, act as if it's not a problem and even not talk about it when I have the opportunity. I am very much the opposite. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve Yeah. and it's very, hard for me to not show what kind of emotional state I'm in because I've, I've never been great at hiding it, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe certain things. Yes. But I mean, honestly, if it truly bothers me, it bothers me and I can't, yeah. you know, put on a happy face and act like it doesn't, you know, like I've never been that person. So I, it comes off very harsh sometimes, you know, that. but I was that way before I got pregnant. Before I had kids, like I was my my heart on my sleeve. I couldn't hide my emotions. Right. Now, I mean, I can't hide them very well in front of my husband. I live with him. It's not like he can see it. Yeah. But he doesn't always. Yeah. That's not his fault. It's it's designed for him to not. Yeah. People at work, like I'll talk to him about certain things, but sometimes they just don't have any idea. Now it's work, mind you, but we've all known each other for a very long time and we're all, it's a a little family. So everybody knows everybody's business. But I I can be very good at hiding it. Yeah. Not always, but mm-hmm. it's I <laughs> I don't like it, so I choose to ignore it. Yeah. And that's why it's it's like I want to talk about it sometimes, but sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I don't. I will tell you that I have never cried as much in my life as I have post children. Yeah. Um, because literally like anything will make me cry now and it sucks because, um, I mean, obviously you can't see me yet, but, um, (laughs) I am like ridiculously white and I have terrible (laughs) cry face. Okay. So like I will cry, my face will get all red, my eyes will get all like meh and like, it'll even be like 30 minutes like have passed and I'll be like, okay, I, I, I feel fine now, you know, but like. My face still says otherwise, like, bitch, you've been crying. What's wrong? (laughs) You know, like, I can't. I can walk into another room, cry, and come back, and nobody would know. 
not all the time. It depends on the type of cry, but most of the time, nine times out of ten, I can cry. Yeah, well, because like if you're going like like full on like you know ugly crying, yeah. Well, yeah, like my eyes get red. My face doesn't really get red, but my eyes will get red. Yeah. And then like I have to like wait until that like that cools down. But I can in most instances if it's just like something little I need to let out, I can walk into another room, do it, and come right back, and nobody will know. Oof. Yeah. Nope. Not me. No, it's not a good thing. Because it's like, it makes it easier to hide. It's like it, a little rain shower. Yes. <laughs> um, but it does. It makes it so much easier to hide my emotions instead of expressing them in a healthy way like I should be. Or like I wrote in my notes on accident, healthily. <laughs> don't ask me why. I don't know. So. I mean. But, and then like, like you said, like I've never cried so much like, you know, that. I mean, and then now they're also unpredictable. Mine are. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with that. And I'm with you there. Um, I was never one to like cry at movies and stuff like that. It never got to me. Mm-hmm. I don't care like what it was. I was just like, oh, that's cute. You know, like, oh, that's, that's, that's emotional. Or, oh shit. That's sad. You know, but now dude, like stupid. Oh, okay. I totally agree. I, so I've always kind of cried at movies because uh-huh. movie, like you get really invested. Um, I cry on TV shows now, yeah. like dumb TV shows that aren't supposed to make you cry. So like I get, I feel exactly like, I mean, movies like Click, mm-hmm. like I cried at Click. The dad dies. Spoiler. I mean, he doesn't, he does. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't, I don't catch up. Um, it's, you know, that whole ending. Like I have a very, my dad is like my rock in my life. Right. So like, I'm like, oh my God, what if that was my dad? It's a, it's click. It's Adam Sandler. It's a magic remote. Yeah. Okay. I cried at that before I had kids. Yeah. I can literally, well, I watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy and like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I somehow found like a 5% way to relate to the situation. Like it, 95% of it was unrelatable, but I found the 5% and then cried. <laughs> nice. That doesn't even make sense. So like I, I'm right on with you. Like, why would? Because I would never would have done that before kids. I can definitely give you a before and after. So, never ending story. Okay. I cried a never ending story. I I never used to cry at it. Like, watching it as a kid growing up, you know, like even watching it as an adult, you know, like. Are you dead inside? That's what I would have said to you back no. then. No. I would have been like, why aren't you crying? I mean, I was sad, but I mean, I never actually physically shed tears about it. But then I had kids. I'm like reliving that entire moment in my and, head right and, now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then seeing it afterwards, you know, just like bawling, mm-hmm. sobbing, oh, yeah. crying. Fucking land before time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got a little, I'm like, okay, so my mom died when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. So there was that whole thing, like. You know, so like for me, I mean, I did the same thing in Bambi, right? So there's a connection for me that's emotional for me. So there is that. Um, But yes, I did, you know, I cried at that movie. And then like now it's like I actually have it on a different level now because I don't see that as like me having lost my mom. I think, oh my God, Littlefoot's my kid. So it's like it put me, like it, it gives you like, you now have another perspective to look at all these sad things. And that, I think, like, but yeah. Yeah. 
Liam Fortson. One I can't explain is um, I started crying to a heavy metal band because they had like a certain guitar riff that was just like so beautiful and it just touched me. Okay, this band was a Treyu, by the way. Oh my god, I love a Treyu, dude. <laughs> oh my god, I so... love a Treyu. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a Treyu. I I can't remember ex- if I was to go through that album again, I would definitely um be able to tell you. But oh, yeah, Jay loves Treyu. <sighs> it was one of those songs, uh-huh. and they got a couple. I was driving. They got a couple. Oh, I was oh, driving no. and I was listening to it, and I was just like tears just started i mean like my eyes are open right and tears are streaming down my face and i like look in my rear view and i'm like what the fuck is going on like yeah yeah um i was like this is so pretty (laughs) so beautiful it's so beautiful okay that's i can't say i've cried to a heavy metal song actually okay actually no there there is one and it is by skillet Okay. You know who Skillet is? Mm-mm. Okay. We need to have a music conversation. Okay. Because, like, I mentioned Falling in Reverse, and you're like, no. Now it's the Skillet, and you said no. And, like, it's on the vert. Like, that's, like, it goes in with the Treyu. Uh-huh. I mean, come on, Mrs. Gore. So, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know. So there's a song, Skillet, and it talks about, um, like, your support system, and it's, like, it's, it is a beautifully written song. And what a lot of people don't know is actually, I'm pretty sure I've got this right. God, I hope I'm not wrong. Skillet's actually a Christian heavy metal band. Oh. Which makes sense when you listen to their music. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Uh, like, you wouldn't think about it. Like uh, Creed. Yeah, like Creed. <laughs> um, so they have this song, and the name of it is escaping me right now. But it's basically like this you know, there's that one person in your life that keeps you from drowning and there's like, you talk about waves crashing and stuff like that. Not like, you know, uh, the band live, but Mm -hmm. really different. And I hear that song and it makes me cry and it is legit a heavy metal song too. So, cause I'm like, Oh my God, it's just so beautiful. This is such a beautiful song. And like, so yeah, I struggle with that too. (laughs) Um, but yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, at least we have that in common. (laughs) Because I okay before I don't I don't even think I would have actually said that to you like I cried to a heavy metal song without thinking that she's gonna think I'm stupid I mean I would have said I would have told you anyway I mean I've told you some dumb stuff but um (laughs) now I feel like I'm not alone on that so yay and anybody out there (laughs) yeah and anybody (laughs) out there sobbed to a heavy metal song because it was just absolutely beautiful yeah Um, it's it's relate mm -hmm, definitely. Um, something else I think about, um, especially whenever it comes to, um, our feelings and emotions as we are, um, not only as individuals, but as moms, um, how, how other people perceive that. Yes. You know, versus, you know, like one, like, (laughs) I think this is like what we talked about before we actually started diving into the podcast. Like, what kind of woman do you want to be? What kind of yes. mom do you want to be? What are you projecting and what do you think people are perceiving? Yeah. I, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to like, cause I have always been the kind of person, like, I don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't. And I never really have. Um, however, when it comes into being a parent, mm-hmm. that changes because other people's perception of you or opinion of you 
can affect your children. Whether it's not being invited to a birthday party or not being able to go to a play date or having less friends or, you know, expectations of the kids, stuff like that. It, you realize that your actions, the consequences of your actions don't just affect you. And so then that, that's the, like, what was scary to me is that I realized I had to actually start giving a shit what people think. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I hate it so much yeah. because I don't, I don't care what people think about me. Um, but I give an immense amount of fucks about what people think about my kid. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. How much you want to protect your kid from people that are like that judgmental or assholes or just whatever they may be. Ugly, you know? Yes. Ugly souls. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I think. Just they're ugly souls. And there are so many like just bad kids out there. Like, like what is going on at home? Oh, so I'd like to share the story because I haven't shared it with anybody after um, Gilbert had told me. And I just think it's, um, it's a, it's a learning thing, but it's also kind of funny. So Sadie's best friend, Mm -hmm. he um, lives up the road and she is two grades above Sadie, Mm -hmm. but they're like best friends. Like ever since like they started going to school together. Okay. Um, And anytime that we've had she has been you know like really sweet you know Mm -hmm. talks respectfully you know like we've never had an issue with her okay so her stepmom is the one that's usually out there at the bus stop and whatever Mm -hmm. and she was um she talks to gilbert a lot and she was saying that you know grounded because of a stunt that she pulled in school and so she was like so and one of her classes, um, I think it was like a math class or something like that, instead of doing the test that they were supposed to do, she wrote, fuck you, miss whatever, and um, and turned it in. And so <laughs> um, they were like, uh, what? So <laughs> apparently what had happened and why she was so upset is because she was like, that woman interrupted our conversation four times. Like she was trying to tell the kids to like be quiet and pay attention so they could, you know, like do their tests Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I guess she was trying to talk with one of her friends and finish a conversation and the teacher kept butting in. So that made her mad. So then she wrote, she didn't do the test. She wrote out, fuck you, miss. I don't know. Johnson. Fuck you, miss Johnson. And Oh my God. Yes. So, I mean, I thought that was interesting because one, that seemed very out of character for her. Yeah. You know, like it makes me think that, you know, like maybe something's going on at home. See, and that's okay. One, it sounds impulsive. Mm -hmm. So like there's that. And like, so when I hear stories like that, the one of the first things I think about is what would my dad have done if I did that? That's immediately like my first thought. Oh my God. And sometimes I have a hair in my shirt. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not digging. I just, it's there and I can't get it. Um, so, uh, I, I feel that sometimes maybe, um, kids aren't scared of their parents and I'm not saying that kids should fear their parents, 
but I think that kids should fear the possibility of discipline. And I think that a lot of kids, they, they may be great kids, but if one, they start pushing boundaries and they keep, they'll go further if they are confident or even semi-confident that the punishment won't be that much. Right. My dad grounding me almost never happened. I wasn't scared of him grounding me. And he wasn't violent. He wasn't hitting me. It was not physical violence. Right. There's two ways that you can view my dad. And I have, I've cooperated this with everybody, family, my friends that have met him. My dad, you either fear him to the point where you respect him or you respect him to the point you fear him. And that's it. Mm-hmm. He's highly intimidating. Disappointing him feels. I, Crushing. I don't, it's yeah. You can't breathe. Yeah. Disappointing my dad literally is like taking the air out of your chest. It's it it's horrible um, because he does nothing but the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. And he only expects appropriate behavior. That's all. I mean, he doesn't expect, you know, yeah, like I'm, we talked about last episode, you know, about the grades and stuff. Mm-hmm. He did that because he knew I could. Yeah. You know, if I genuinely couldn't make, you know, all A's. He would have never pushed me to do that. Right. And it shows that I could do it because I did it. Mm-hmm. So I feel that maybe sometimes like it, maybe there's a problem or maybe kids just, they don't respect their parents enough mm-hmm. or, and I mean, I know that a lot of people do like gentle parenting and I'm not knocking it by any means, uh, no means. I don't have, I don't have the patience to be a gentle parent. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if I tried that, then it would be a disservice to my child as well as myself. Yeah. So I parent the way that I need to. That what fits my personality, what fits my kid. And that's why I don't judge people that gentle parent. Cause if they can do that, man, that's awesome. Right. You know, more power to them for having the ability that's obviously working for them. Mm-hmm. But to assume that your way is the right way and nobody else can do anything different, I think is what's wrong. And the, the, those are the parents that I'm talking about. The ones who are like, Oh, it's only gentle parenting. Nah. Cause sometimes a kid needs to be spanked on the butt. Not hard. Little love tap. Hey, no, don't do that. So I think maybe sometimes these kids just, they don't have enough respect for their parents. And I mean, especially when it's something out of character, mm-hmm. um, if it's consistently out of character, all of a sudden, then that's, a, I think that's a, a show of something's wrong at home. Yeah. Uh, that whether there's stress or relationship issues or something, but I, I don't know. You don't know though. No, I mean, I don't. I cause mean... like you could never, cause it could be a problem at home. It could be, I don't know, maybe she had a headache. <laughs> yeah i mean who knows i mean i know how i would have handled that had it been my child i mean <clears throat> um but <laughs> that's another big thing is that you know yes you care more about what people think about your kid and then about like how you are perceived as a parent you know yeah. and that your kids are a main reflection of you Yes. You know, so it, it bothers me when I see these, you know, like spoiled bratty kids that, you know, just talk a certain way and act a certain way. Mm -hmm. And these parents are just all like, you know, oh, little Jimmy, don't do that. That's not, we don't do that. Okay. You know, like, yeah, there's no real correction. No. And you're just like enabling that behavior to continue because there are no consequences that you are setting up for them whenever they do something that you don't want them to do yeah when when the consequence is don't do that 
the kid learns that, okay, well, I can, nothing happens. I, nothing I, happens. I can ignore that. Mm-hmm. They just say the same thing. And it's not because the kid is necessarily bad. Their brain is still developing. Mm-hmm. They're learning boundaries. They're learning to push the boundaries. They're learning who they are, their, their interests and likes. I mean, the brain is not fully developed until depending on what part you're talking about in some cases, not until your thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, definitely children up into adolescence. I mean, you know, like, well, I want to, I want to give, I want to teach them to make their own choices. Okay. There's nothing wrong with teaching them to make their own choices, but when you're basically just allowing them to make any choice mm-hmm. to learn choices, like learning choices is, Hey, what should we make for dinner tonight? I will let you decide you can choose between this or this, mm-hmm. but letting them just run amok and do what they want and not have curfews or whatever that doesn't teach that that teaches them choices with no consequences. Right. Because whenever they're 25 and they moved out, yeah, they can, they can stay out as late as they want, but now they have responsibilities that they have to adhere to that they didn't have to whenever they were children. Mm-hmm. So it teaches them, Oh, well, okay. So I go to school tomorrow and I'm a little tired. Okay, cool. I'm tired at school. Okay. Well, I accidentally overslept. I was late for work for the fifth time and I got fired. Yeah. It's completely different. Right. So, a kid learning how to make decisions is obviously a very important thing, but just saying, Oh, well, this is a learning experience. No, I I don't feel that way. But again, that's me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I was taught. And that's with like with my kid, how we do things. That doesn't mean that, you know, Timmy down the street, you know, they could give Timmy down the street, the option to stay out until midnight. And he was like, no, why I have a test tomorrow. I'm going to be home at eight. Yeah. There, it, it varies from child to child. And I think uh, a good example of that is what I was talking about with like Kira and her doing her like retest yes. and everything. So, you know, Kira, she takes AP classes. They've all been very challenging for her. She started high school this year. So, I mean, she's doing junior, senior level, you know, work as a freshman. And um, so she had a biology test, which biology, biology has not been her strongest subject it's tough this year okay um but uh she got a 72 which is technically not passing and so there was a little slip that had to be sent home and stating that you know okay i made this grade um i need to do the retest but the best that i could do at a retest is a 75 and i had to sign it it's like okay so then the next day um comes and we're all sitting at the dinner table and she was like oh come to find out like I, i don't have to retest and i was like why is that? And she was like, well, it's, it's an option. Like we can retest if we want to, but you know, like, I, I don't think I'm going to. And I was like, well, why is that? And she's like, well, the best I can get is a 75 anyway. I mean, that's still like a really low grade, you know, like that's not going to affect very much. And I was like, no, this is not the mentality that I want you to have. Yeah. I want you to know that one, you know, that you can do better you are capable of doing better three i don't want you to think that putting in like your minimum effort or playing it up to being like not a big deal i don't want that to be like a set thought process in your life yeah you know like no you should go and retest and even if you do get us i mean even if you make a 95 and you only get the 75 credit know that you learned from that first test okay and you know one you try to downplay it like it wasn't going to affect much but it's 
the end of six weeks test, it's a major grade. So major grades have a very yes. huge effect on, well, it's only three points, honey, but it's a three points that are going to matter. Exactly. Okay. Like you have to have that mentality that, exactly. you know, it's, it, it's not okay to just settle, you know, it's, it's not okay to just settle. And I, I feel that with a lot of those like base ideas are taught, you know, and I think that like we have all of these like not, and I, I'm going to say moms here, and this is not excluding what dads go through or what dads feel. Mm -hmm. That's just not, we're just not talking about dads because I'm not one and mm -hmm. you're not one. Mm -hmm. We're moms. So just disclaimer on that. Okay. Yeah. This is all from mom. This is just a mom perspective. This is we'll not do a dad appreciation episode. One day. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, as, as a parent, as a mom, it's like, you know, you see, you see your children and like, you're trying to direct them and like lead them on this right path and like teach them, teach them how to be successful little humans. And at the same time, you're still trying to navigate your emotional hangups that you got from when you were in high school or, you know, that traumatizing experience that still affects you as an adult. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's, it's this massive balancing act of like trying to teach a tiny human like well you know these are how we need to process our emotions and you have to think positively and you have to do this and the entire time in the back of our head we're like negative we're angry or we're dealing with something that was like you know stuff like that and it's like it's amazing how much we have to <clears throat> throw that out there while we control our own shit so <laughs> i know you've seen those um like those really cute videos of like the mom talking with like the daughter or the the child and you know like they're basically like just saying like positive like affirmations mm, you know mm -hmm. and it's like these kids are like owning it and getting yeah. it right mm -hmm. it's like i want to be that for my children and not mm -hmm. to say that like i don't have those moments where i try and get my children to you know like say that about themselves mm -hmm. but i think what why it doesn't stick is because of the things that i say about myself all the time yeah because I very rarely have anything positive to say about me. And I think a lot of us are very guilty about that. Yeah. One, not thinking that we're enough for, you know, our families. Mm -hmm. One, we're not good enough even for ourselves, you know, because yep. I feel like not only are we our own biggest critics, but I mean, we have set such standards for ourselves and we mm -hmm. hold ourselves to such a such a level that if we don't meet that, especially like on an everyday basis, because mm -hmm. some days, you know, like I feel like I killed that shit. Oh yeah. You I got this like, man, I did the damn exactly. thing Exactly. But I will say most days are not like that. No, that's a, that's a rare feeling for me. Yeah. Like that's, and that's why it feels so good, I guess, because I just, I don't do it that often. Yeah. And there's not a, there's not a person on this planet that is a bigger critic of myself than me. Absolutely. You know, like I mean, in just in between on today, I was like, man, I gotta lose some weight. God, my hair is thin. But it, it, it's, it, I don't even think about it. It just comes out of my mouth. And I, I try really hard not to, to perceive any of that to Ryan. Now my situation's a little different there, but kind of on this, it's kind of cool. So I came in the other night and, uh, well, I was like, Hey, I was like, I was like, do you know how much I love you? And she puts her arms out as far as she can. Right. She's like, this much. Right. And I was like, yeah, I sure do. I said that and beyond. And then I said, I was like, do you know who's, who's my favorite person on the entire planet? And then she signed her name, signed, she did her name sign. And I was like, like, who's your favorite person on the entire planet? Ryan. And I'm like, damn, 
right it is. And so I went and I told Jane, he's like, why would you ask her that? Thinking that like that she was going to say daddy and it was going to hurt my feelings Oh, right. or that I was, that she was going to say mommy or something like, he's like, why are you like in the idea? Like, why are you making her choose? And I was like, I wasn't saying it like that. I said, if she said Lily was her favorite person on the entire planet or her dinosaur, it's not going to bother me. Yeah. Like, she's honest. She doesn't, she doesn't understand. And like, she doesn't, you know, mean anything by it. I said, but she said her. Yeah, <laughs> you go get it. And I just hope that you keep that, Yeah, you know, because you know, that type of, it's not confidence. It's not arrogance, self-love, understanding. I'm, she's seven. She doesn't have that yet, yeah. but it starts somewhere. Um, I would love for, you know, me to be a top hundred people on this planet. I don't, I just don't feel, I don't even think of myself that way, much less acknowledge much of the good of anything that I do. I think we're, we're trained to be that way. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think... Uh, Women are bitches, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We tear each other know, down I too much. We do, but I also feel like in a lot of ways, you know, like we can band together and build each other up very much, so... I do agree with that. It's rarer to find... I think that we rarely we do that to women that are strangers. Right. Right? When we're friends, like in high school... Friends, no, we tore each other down. That's what, I mean, not, not in every clique, not in every group, but there was always that group of girls that no matter how best, like exactly like mean girls, they're best friends and all they do is talk shit about each other behind their back, yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that most girls grow out of that. That's a phase, that's adolescence, that's trying to figure out, like that's trying to be a part of the group and not a part of the group at the same time. It's very yeah. difficult. Um, and I think that, you know, like, I mean, I, I would shank a bitch in the kidney for you. Uh, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> so that's like us banding together. That's yeah. what I would do. And I would do that for most women. Mm -hmm. Um, not just because they're women, but because I understand a lot of what women go through because I fucking am one. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but we can also be, be very judgmental because sometimes it's hard to see past our experiences and mm -hmm. understand somebody else's. Yeah. I think um, we just, honestly, I think we just need to be more grateful for the things that we have in our lives and mm -hmm. the, not the things that we don't. And as far as, you know, like body image and, you know, like positivity and stuff like that, that is also something that I am trying to work on. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know uh, daily affirmation, affirmations, you know, like they're... Um, you take it or leave it, yeah. you know, but, um, just starting to talk positive to yourself about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, um, can, can do so many different things. And honestly, like I could complain all day long that, you know, like I carry an extra 10 pounds in my gut that I'd rather not have, you know, like I, <laughs> you know, there are like several things about me that I would like to change or just not have. Yeah, you know, but I, I don't know. Like, I I, I agree with you. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, like we, we kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, you know, I I would like I would like to lose some weight, but I've I have would have liked to have lost some weight for a really long time now. But there's this like I have this massive internal battle of you know one working out between my back problems and my knee issue that's had, that's been being really weird and my shoulder issues being really weird lately it's old injuries 
um, and cheeseburgers and the cheeseburgers typically win, um, because the cheeseburger makes me happy and the running hurts <laughs> or the walking hurts. Yeah. And like I, I did actually, I walked, it was a couple months ago and I almost didn't make it home because shun splints. Mm. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Um, I kept having to stop. I almost couldn't make it home. Like I'm like 10 houses down the street and I'm like, you don't have to call him. You can finish it. And I just, it took me forever. I had to push and it was just, it didn't start to hurt until I was halfway away from home. Yeah. And it's, but the more I do it, the easier it gets. And now, I mean, I'm walking multiple times a week and now it's more of like, okay, yeah, I could lose a couple pounds. Now I just kind of want to be healthy. Yeah. You know, I'm starting, I'm just, I'm working really hard on curbing a lot of my bad habits. Um, and I'm trying to implement some good ones because I also know that if I make, I feel better about myself mm-hmm. when I feel healthy, yeah. when my body feels healthy, I'm more positive. I feel like I have a better time controlling my ocean, my emotions. I don't feel bogged down. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm trying to also help control the balance of emotions that I have. And it's, it's a work in progress. I mean, foods can have so much to do with that, yeah, too. Yeah, I just, I love food. Like, yeah. all food. Like, food makes me happy. And I know even just by changing up your diet, I mean, you mm-hmm. can, you don't have you don't have to work out. No. You do not have to work out. Like, when I did Weight Watchers for, I think it was, like, a few months, like, I lost, like, 10 pounds within, like, that first two weeks. And Jesus. Right. You know, I mean, it was not that it just like started dropping off, you know, and like, honestly, I didn't see it dropping off. My scale told me it was dropping off. I didn't see it dropping off necessarily. Um, (laughs) I've been there. But um, honestly, like it wasn't it wasn't super hard to follow, you know, and the recipes and everything like there's still some that I still make, you know, I I don't pay for the program anymore. um, But it's just about, yeah, definitely getting in, um, like, the, the healthier fats and the vegetables and stuff. Um, portion control. When I start, when I stopped eating late, because that's, that's the biggest one for me. I stopped eating, excuse me, when I stopped eating late and, and just a little bit of walking. Because, like, I mean, so to walk to the front of my neighborhood and back is 1.2 miles. So I'll just do that, right? I put my earbuds in. I have my my heavy metal playlist that I like that gets me a little like kind of like yeah you know mm-hmm. like screaming I know that sounds crazy but like that's a new genre of music over the last few years I've really fallen in love with um and so I will do that walk and like I get home and I'm almost like I just want to go again it's peaceful I'm alone I can think I don't have to you know I get very little alone time anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, but just that it's, it, it brings my spirits up a little bit. And yeah. I notice like every time I stop doing that, I stop, you know, doing like trying to like eat late and stuff like that. Like I get bogged down and then I feel bad about myself cause I'm not doing it right. And then my emotions start ha- like, so like I found like little ways and like when I stopped eating late and portion control, cause that was my biggest problem for a long time. Or like I would snack, I would have a big breakfast and then snack until lunch and then have a medium sized lunch and then snack until dinner. And it was like, I just, I was, I constantly had chips or I I do have a very unhealthy appetite though. So like, I love me like some like, I eat bags of chips for breakfast. I eat the the worst, worst shit for breakfast. I can't help it. I had a great pop tart 
the great pop tart came back i don't know if anybody likes pop tarts but like they used to make that like a long time ago and it's mm-hmm. back and it is delish like i'm not like a massive pop tart person my kid is and i was at the store and i was like oh great pop tarts she'll love these oh my god hold on great pop tarts i'm gonna love these so i got her a different box <laughs> so i could nice. eat them so i don't eat well but i've gotten better at snacking mm-hmm. and better and like drinking more water yeah and i it's I feel it's like directly connected to my emotional ability to control how I react to things. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, and I wish I was better at it, but I am working on it. Like I said, it's a work in progress, right? There you go. Nice. I think my biggest downfall is, uh, mine's Diet Coke. Diet Coke is my coffee. So I, I have the exact same connection you have. It's just a different drink. And mine's more expensive. Oh, yeah. Yours is definitely, well, yours is more expensive, but I'm telling you right now, sodas are, aren't there, hmm, they were $8 for a 12-pack. Yeah. That's. $8 barely covers two of my iced yeah, coffees. <laughs> yeah, but like, although I went to, I went to Kroger and they had, they had the two liters, two ninety nine, buy one, get one free. I'm like, yeah, so I got that. There you go. Um, but yeah. Dang. So, and then I think. So I know that we kind of briefly talked about this earlier, but um, putting like putting yourself last. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I hear that at least two or three times a week with like the patients that I see mm-hmm. at my office. You know, that finally make it in, and they're all like, "Okay, so like my kids are finally out of braces. You know, like my husband is. Mm-hmm. You know, blah blah blah. Um, you know, like now it's time for me." And what sucks about that is that we let ourselves go for so long that mm-hmm. when we finally are able to do something about it, a lot of stuff is like already fucking done. Yeah. You know, and um, not to say that like things can't be, you know, like reversed or, you know, like improved upon. But um, I think that's one big mistake that we make as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. As being a mom because we have to be there for our families Mm -hmm. if we break down who's going to step in and that's see and that's exactly what i'm going through right now especially like teeth right my whole thing while i'm waiting for ryan's to get done and then we got to take care of his and then like again i'm last on the list and if something keeps us from doing those then it's just that much further yeah so you just keep getting pushed you just keep getting yeah and it's It's exactly like you said, like if something happens to us, like, you know, we have a unit, like it's not just one or the other. And, you know, so he's a stay at home dad and he's at home a lot more. So he does have more of a forward facing role with our kid than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a support system. I'm still part of that plan. I'm still a part of that unit. It's just like if something ha- were to happen to him, like that unit that we have spent a- years devising falls apart. I feel like mine is a little bit more complex because there are oh, yeah. so many things that would fall apart. You've got a lot of you've a lot more moving parts than I do. Yes, I do. So although I am extremely happy that I finally have found somebody that I feel like truly is my forever person. Yeah. Um, unfortunately the kids that I have are not his. Mm-hmm. So We've been together going on five years. So, I mean, they've built relationships, you know, like they've built all that. But if 
I am no longer here. He has no rights to those children. Yeah. And what also sucks about having dual daddies is that if I go, I mean, that's the next person that they would go to. So, but then that means that they would be split up. Yeah. It means that Kira would be going to California and Sadie would be going to Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And then where does that leave Gilbert? Yeah. Fuck all. Exactly. You know, like it's, um, there's just like so many things that I, I think about and, and take it to account there. One, I would never want my, my children to be apart. No, absolutely not. You know, I mean, I just, <laughs> there were definitely be some legal battles that would happen i'm sure um after i am not here if i don't want to talk like that but i mean yeah. i'm just saying you know yeah um, but that's the kind of stuff that, that was, we think about exactly i mean if that were to happen like say tomorrow there is no plan in place like everything would go to chaos yes you know so um yeah like the whole family would just like completely fall See, apart we don't have anything in place like i mean obviously if something happens to me i mean you know, he's the dad. He, we live together, we're married, whatever. So, I mean, that that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, we have no plan in place of something if if something happens to both of us. Right. Because we can't agree. Yeah. And it's not bad. Um, it's just with a special needs kid, that's a big decision right. to the point where, like, we can't make a decision on who she would go to to the point where we haven't even asked yet. So that person could even say no. Right. But, I mean, it's like... We just can't. So honestly, it's just kind of like a fingers crossed. Like, okay, let's just both not die. Mm-hmm. So, um, ironically, not related, or it's related to the story. But like, we don't do this on purpose. But this is kind of funny. We never, we almost never leave the house at the same time, like together. We almost never go anywhere. It's almost like we're trying to prevent that from happening. Like the royal family like leaves on different planes. Oh. Like, <laughs> like we uh, almost never go all go to the store. We almost never all go to the grocery store or. You know, I'll go to Walmart and I'll just go by myself. Or if he has to go to Home Depot instead of us all just going and making it like, oh, cute little family trip or something. No, Jesus goes by himself. Like we're not doing it on purpose so we don't all, so we don't die at the same time. But it is funny how we tend to just never, when we went to the library, I was like, this is weird. We haven't been in the same car together in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like that's how weird it is because we don't go anywhere because we don't have a sitter. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like I want a beer. We either drink at the garage or I go meet a friend yeah. or vice versa. We drink in the garage or he goes and he meets a friend. We never go anywhere together. Right. Uh, but we don't have anybody near to, to babysit. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, and it's also, we get the text messages like, Hey, do you know what this sign means? Hey, do you know what this means? Hey, do you know what this means? Hey, do you know what this means? And it just turns into us texting the babysitter. This means that she's thirsty. This means that she's hungry. This is whatever. Mm-hmm. This is not as much fun. So we just get drunk in the garage together. <laughs> There you go. That works. But um, sorry to stray on that, but we don't have that plan in place. And like, I, you know, but I will say like, you have a lot more moving parts and I can imagine how like stressful that is to take all that on and think about it. Cause you think about it all the time. That's like stuff we think about that they don't always tend to. Unfortunately. Yeah. It is just some of those thoughts that are always in my head Mm -hmm. and that will never, ever leave. And, um, Man, people dying. Like, how inconvenient and selfish. I know. <laughs> you can't just stay here forever and just, like, I mean, why you got to do that shit? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because it's, it's, and that's just, it's, like, I feel that 
moms tend to women in general first first and foremost women in general tend to worry a lot more than men do Mm -hmm. and not to say that men don't um like i worry about things that most moms don't because i am more like a dad because i'm exactly like my dad Mm -hmm. and my dad was a single dad for a long time Mm -hmm. so i tend to be a lot like him so my brain works a lot like he like his does like i worry about money stability the house the stuff that the I checked it's you're stupid uh I literally just checked the um but I I tend to worry about that stuff yeah and you know and my husband he he genuinely he thinks more on the emotional side that like what women are usually concerned about like you know Ryan's mental health more Mm -hmm. or hey don't say this kind of stuff sometimes because you may not take you know and like I, I think about that and I'm not you know void of that type of thinking but I tend to take on that man role too mm-hmm. a lot. And so it's like, I feel like sometimes when I'm balancing my emotions, it's like I struggle between, okay, I got to figure out the grocery bill. I got to figure out this. We got to get the car inspected. We got to get the car registered. We got to do this. Okay. We need to, you know, we got to get, find a way to get Ryan out of the house. She needs to be mm-hmm. socialized. Like I just jump from every topic that yeah. like both sides would usually think about. And well, I fall apart. I do. Like, I mean, usually it's alone yeah because i don't want to perceive that i don't have it all together i don't want my husband to perceive that i don't have it all together because he's going through a hard time and i don't want him to be stressed out about my mental state and it boils all back down to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago is that i put myself last because i'm worried about what pat was going to happen to ryan yeah i'm worried about what's what's going to happen to jason but i'm not worried about what's going to happen to me because i feel i don't have time to care I don't have time to worry. I don't have time to say, hey, you need something to, you need to be noticed to, you need somebody to support your thoughts. Or even if they don't agree, say, I get it. I understand. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Not a fight, not an argument, not you're wrong. You should feel this. You should try that. I, I, I feel that we sometimes like I hear people's problems and I want to help them. And I'm just as guilty of it sometimes too. And I, but I feel like the further I go this way, the less I am likely to try to help somebody with their emotions mm-hmm. and what they're going through and just say, I hear you. Yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And that's all. That's all, I'm, that's all I want to say. Is Honestly, just, I think that's a better response than saying, um, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I hear like, you. That's- I mean, which is fine, too, because there are some times where, you know, like you're presented with something that you really just like, you're not sure how to respond to it. You're not yeah. sure how to react, you know? Like what what is the proper reaction to this you know like you obviously don't want to upset them any further or exactly whichever but um at the same time yeah you're just kind of like yeah yeah okay that happened yeah that happened and that's and i mean i'm not i am not the best at being like around super emotional people and being able to relate or help like I can deal with it initially, but like in a prolonged scenario, mm-hmm. I'm not very good at it. Right. I don't know what to say mm-hmm. I, aside from the same thing over and over again, which yeah. is not helpful in a prolonged scenario. And like, I've recognized that, but I don't know how to get better. Like that's not something you just get better at. I right. don't understand it. I don't process it very well. Um, I, I, I was a very social kid. I had a ton of friends. But like, as I've gotten older, I realized that 90% of my friends 
while yes, I had best friends and stuff like that, 90% of the people that I've known in my life and considered a friend were not a friend. They were acquaintances. And I never really realized that. Yeah. And so what that made me realize on that was that I've pretty much done everything by myself emotionally since I was a little kid. And that's part of being a latchkey kid. That's part of, you know, a part of my family saying, well, we don't talk about emotions and crying is a sign of weakness. Yeah. And being raised that way to like, now I'm very, uh, I'm very immature on handling my emotions because mm -hmm. they scare me. That's, they just, they scare me. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And I think, you know, I could talk to somebody of course, but it's not, I mean, I'm not like, okay, guys, I'm not like falling apart over here, like in a corner. Don't worry. We're just being deep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a happy person. Listen to the last episode. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't already, <laughs> um, if you have, thank you. So I did, it's a lot to process. I mm -hmm. think, I think being a mom, being a woman is just, it sucks sometimes. <laughs> It sucks a lot of times, you know? I mean, when it comes to, uh, I don't know, I guess like sacrifice versus reward, sacrifice is always going to, you know, be bigger than oh, the reward. Yeah. Um, but the reward is, you know, like what you take it as, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's important to um, appreciate, you know, like the small wins mm -hmm. in life um, and with your kids um, because not everything is going to be a slam dunk, you know? I mean, God, it's just, no. it's, it's not. So, um, <laughs> you have, uh, certain ideas of, you know, like the ways that you want things to go mm -hmm. and then they don't, but sometimes that ends up working out better than how you had planned it. I, I will say though, I think that one thing that I, I that I believe and if this is true, then I hope everybody can hear. I hope everybody takes this. Kids are not as fragile as we think they are. We're always very worried about, well, I mean, this can have a negative effect in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. If you think that you're going to raise a child that doesn't have a mommy issue or daddy issue, then you're crazy. Because you could be what you perceive to be as the perfect parent. And they will have an issue it's that they're not you. They're a completely different mind, body, and soul than yeah. you are. So they're never going to think like you. They're never going to understand until they get older. Um, kids are resilient and it's not, it's not as easy as we think it is to mess them up. It's not that easy. Yeah. Kids figure it out. And if you are present, you show that you're present, you show that you're trying and you show them love. That's, they're going to be okay. Yeah. So, when it comes down to it, I tell them, like, no matter what, I will always love you. Yeah. You know? I mean, granted, if you turn into a psychopath murderer. We're going to have a problem. You know, start collecting eyeballs and ears for, you know, trinkets, then we might have some issues there. But, have some issues. I mean, um, I have to turn you in. But Yeah. But, I mean... I am going to love you on your best days. I am yeah. going to love you on your worst days. I am going to love you when you are sad or mad or frustrated. Exactly. You know, like that is never going to just, change. I just, I want everybody to remember that because, you know, I mean, I had, and if, you know, you talk to some people, I had a rough childhood. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I did. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with my dad and my brother. 
My mom passed away when I was 13 months old. I didn't know she died until I was four. So I didn't even know I had a mom until I was four because you had that whole, like, I didn't know I needed a mother to exist on the planet. I was four. I didn't know, you know, sex ed, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't even know. Um, my grandmother told me that she died. My cousin told me she died of cancer. My stepmom, after my dad had gotten remarried, is, is the one that told me what kind, can, kind of cancer she died of. My dad doesn't tell me bad stuff my entire life. My dad got, my dog got out of the house after I moved out. My stepmom called me from St. Louis, which by the way is not where we live. She was out of town on business, called me from St. Louis to tell me that my dog had gotten out because my dad didn't want to call me. He didn't want to make me cry. Yeah. So that's, and that, that was my entire childhood. My dad trying to not make me cry mm-hmm. um, because he couldn't handle it. Yeah. Not because he didn't think I could handle it. It took me a long time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's because he couldn't handle it. So yeah, I didn't get it then, but I got it when I got older and like kids are still developing and they can't understand everything and you cannot be perfect. I mean, you can understand every part of their mind and you still can't be perfect because you're not at that same level. Right. Um, kids are resilient. Mm-hmm. Kids learn. They do pick up stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they pick up the good stuff too. Yeah. They don't just pick up the bad stuff. It's just the bad stuff is what we notice because the bad stuff is what stands out and the bad stuff is why we have to yell. Yeah. So. I feel like with uh, Kira, I've already done <laughs> quite a quite a bit of damage, you know, just like she can't honestly say, well, I mean, I'm not her, you know, like I don't have her perspective, but, you know, I feel like if I was to put myself in her shoes, you know, like if she were to be asked the question, you know, like, how was your childhood growing up? Mm-hmm. You know, like. I'm confident in my answer that, you know, like I had a great childhood. Yeah. I'm not confident in what she would say, you know, like not to say that, you know, like she was never abused. She was never in like, I don't want to say like a broken home because when I think of a broken home, I think of, you know, like abusive parents and, you know, like your, your actual environment is just, you know, like broken. broken. There's no stability. There's no no solid. There's it's, it's not absolutely. Yeah. I don't. By no means would I, she's, I say she's from a broken home. No, no, no. But, you know, she has gone through with me, you know, through relationships, mm-hmm. you know. And at this point, she has, uh, you know, three dads at this point, technically. You yeah. Know? So she has her dad in California. She has my ex because he has been present in her life since she was three. Yeah. And, you know, that whole relationship took a while for it to develop, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, to the point where, I mean, it took several years before she even felt comfortable saying, you know, like, I love you or, yeah. you know, calling him dad, you know, cause I never forced that upon. Yeah. I, I, I don't force that upon my kids. You know who your dad is. Yeah. There's no mistake in that. You know, I know whatever, but I hope you know that dad doesn't just mean the person who helped create you yes you know like it's this person this you know like supposed to be positive you know male figure in your life you know and um if anything i just tell her you know just think of it as you have like so many like support you know so much support from all of these families because she she has my family which isn't that big you know like there's a few of us but I mean, she has that, and then she has my ex's family, which they accept her as, you know, like, their own as well. So, I mean, 
she has all of the support behind her and that's why that's what i'm trying to get her to see it as mm -hmm. and i think she does you know like i she think she does realize a lot of things now that she did not realize before the older she gets the more she's going to understand yeah. if you ask her right now if she had a good childhood i mean she can give you an answer but she's still in her childhood right so it's like if you would have asked me at 14 about my childhood um I would have probably told you it was bad yeah because at 14 it was and i couldn't see past anything else i was an emotional kid i wanted my mom i had a stepmom we didn't get along mm -hmm. and you know she's been my stepmom for 30 years yeah. and in a normal conversation i refer to her as my mom mm -hmm. the reason for this podcast i am distinguishing the difference is because if i say my mom and then you hear me say my mom died and then i say my mom it's it gets confusing so I have to distinguish the difference. Yes. Um, but I don't, I don't call her mom. I never have. Uh, I think I did maybe one time. It felt weird and I never did it again. And like I said it, she looked at me, I looked at her and I was like, mm. she's like, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to call me that. And cause I tried it. Right. Cause I don't yeah. remember my mom, but, um, she, the older she gets, the more she's going to realize that, you know, when we're kids, we put our parents up on this pedestal because we think they're superheroes because they're the consistent adult in our life. They and have all the answers. They have all the answers. They're, they're always the ones that they, you know, they provide for you. They do everything for you. So we put them on, the, on this pedestal, not realizing that they're real people. They have faults. They're not perfect. And as you get older, then you start to realize that and the missteps in life are them. It's their missteps in their life. Yeah. That's running over to you. I mean, it, if you're, and I mean that in regards of like, I mean, assuming that your kid, your parents didn't like abuse you. Okay. Right. I'm talking about like, you know, bad scenarios or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I see consistency through her childhood and consistency is the one thing that, that like, will remember, she may not like name it that way, but it's going to be, yeah. um, are you always there for her? Yeah. That, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, did, you know, did she have to want for things? And I'm not talking about, well, I wanted, I wanted two new pairs of shoes, not one, you know? And I think that given who you are and how your value system works, I think that definitely as she gets older, that's something she's like, I never wanted for anything. You know, I got this, we had fun. We did fun things. We had, you know, funny dinners. We, you know, we were close. That's the kind of stuff that she's going to remember. And it will always outweigh the bad. Yeah. As long as it's consistent. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of rough stuff happen, but the good stuff was always consistent. Yeah. The bad stuff wasn't, but the good stuff was, and it always outweighs, um, you know, the fighting when my, my parents, uh, my dad and my stepmom were not getting along, mm -hmm. you know, my older siblings would immediately just leave the house. Not once did they think, Hey, maybe we should take Katie. Right. They just left me there to see the, to see and hear the whole thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Because they got in their cars and they left because they were all so much older than I was. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever stopped to think to, to, to take me. Yeah. Not once. And if they did think to stop, they never expressed it to me and they never did it. Yeah. So I'm the one that got to hear it all. I'm the one that got to see it all. And my view on a healthy relationship was skewed for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. They're still married. They love each other. It's just was tough. A blended family is tough. And we're talking like an eight-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old. So 16 and 17 year old come in and it, that's a very, very difficult environment. And 
you know, they've even admitted looking back, they would have either waited or not got married at all. Not, yeah. not dated, but not got married. Yeah. And not put all of this in the situation because mm-hmm. they realize they recognize their mistakes. They didn't know that was going to happen. Right. So I'm not mad at them. I'm not, my childhood wasn't bad because of that. Mm-hmm. It's two people that thought they had a handle on something they didn't. Right. And that's all it was. Yeah. So I think, I, and I, I will say I have a healthy emotional level to be able to recognize that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do it in my own life. Yeah. <laughs> For real. I wish I could give myself that break of a mistake like I give my parents. Yeah. But I, ex- I expect to be perfect. And we all know that does not exist. No. No. No, not at all. Well, yeah. Oh, side note, your kids are badass. Thank you. They're always polite. They always say hi. They always say bye. They're always, they, your kids are amazing. Thank I love you. your children. Your children Thank are, you. You're doing a great job. Sorry. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, they're cool sometimes. I mean, I can roll with that, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that was about it for episode three. Yeah. Yeah. I took them all off. Yeah. Covered some uh, little deeper ground there. Yeah. So a little bit more serious episode, but that's going to happen. So. Yeah. Well, you know. Can't always keep it light and fluffy. Yeah. Next time we'll definitely be light and fluffy. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So as always, um, if you have any feedback or if you'd like to share any stories with us, um, we are more than open to listen, um, to share your stories. If you want to share, um, you can email us at allmom.nopros at gmail.com. New episodes dropping weekly every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just let us know what y'all think and still just getting in, in the stuff <laughs> yeah so we hope we hope you keep listening yes and you know momming it out that's right mom out mom out <laughs> peace peace <laughs> <laughs>